0: I'm Anna.
1: And I'm Brad, and welcome to our podcast, Continued Conversations, where we dive deeper into hot topics in rehab in the real world.
2: Welcome back to another Continued Conversations podcast. My name is Tim Bannock, and this is another bonus episode, giving you an inside look at our continued tele-rehab team members. If you haven't had a chance, um, I do recommend that you go back and listen to Anna's episode that we recently released. Uh, but today, the focus is Brad Dexter. So Brad, to kick it off, Let's have you tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm a my husband, my wife, Stephanie. I've got three kids, um, two daughters. They're nine and seven and a son who's five. Um, so that keeps us pretty busy right now between school and activities. Um, I enjoy coaching them in a lot of sports. In fact, that's that's an area that I, I learn a lot in um, is just how can I be a better coach to uh, some of these kids at different uh, age levels and take that seriously and want to help them grow and get better at what they're doing. And it forces me to get a lot better too. And uh, have been a physical therapist for 11 years now, Um, primarily uh, have worked in an inpatient setting at QLI uh, with uh, more complex neurological types of injuries, uh, strokes, spinal cord injury, brain injury, chronic pain, post-concussion, uh, you name it, complex orthopedic stuff. And uh, a couple of years ago, uh, switched over to tell rehab as, as we were trying to start growing, um, that program and extend our reach a little bit at QLI and happened to be before the pandemic ever even came. Yeah. And so it was, it was kind of fun just starting off on that adventure and, and even, um, Helping to to build that from the, the ground up as well.
2: Absolutely, and and I I can tell you've definitely worked on your your podcasting voice. I feel like being in a virtual setting has uh, added to your to your podcast voice. I would it, imagine
1: it it may have even even <laughs> though you know the, the AirPods just don't do it. That's true. Justice in the same way that these microphones do.
2: <laughs> definitely, yeah.
0: Okay, so before I ask the next question, Brad, you forgot one really important member of your family. You did not introduce your sweet um, fourth child, the furry one.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't call my furry child. <laughs> he's a dog. Um, he's a havanese. And we're gonna he's lose listeners He's gonna be one this. year old on April fourteenth. Um, it's not a fur baby. He, he's not a fur baby. Uh, he he's a pretty cute dog, but you know <laughs> he, he he forces me to reckon with emotions that I don't typically have, um, and uh, one of those being anger, but
0: (laughs) okay, we'll move on from, from sweet (laughs) care. Um, okay. So, um, what was it like for you transitioning from working inpatient for all those years to the last couple of years doing all virtual?
1: Yeah. You know, so I get asked that quite a bit actually. Um, and I, I was in a position a lot within our inpatient program where I was taking a lot of physical therapy students and doing a lot of teaching with them. And so, you know, I, th- I think I was in positions more where, um, they kind of got to be the hands and the feet for me. And I kind of got to be, you know, brains thinking through and helping, helping them to critically think through what's going on and just form their own thoughts and grow as clinicians too. Um, and, and so I think that was really helpful, um, when it came to shifting to more virtual treatment, because I couldn't rely on my hands as much. I needed to rely on what I was seeing and hearing within a person's environment, and then uh, would need to rely on what someone close to them would feel or what they were feeling, right? And uh, I think another thing that uh, was on top of my mind before I transitioned uh, to full-time virtual therapy was just how do you build a solid relationship with people uh, over a screen right I, I think I'm really good at doing that in person and I think like that's definitely a strong point of mine but it was certainly a concern as I was transitioning to do that virtually and have just been really um, impressed at I guess the the lack of um, problems that I've even, have with that. And so like it just goes to show whether you're in person or you do it virtually, like, hey, you can you can build solid relationships um and build that therapeutic alliance that you need to uh help people get better.
2: Yeah, it's been interesting, honestly, um, listening to you process even that transition because you and I did a few traveling trips together for conferences right around your transitioning time. Um, and then, you know, to your point of the hurdles that I think even I had, you know, like understanding or processing what that looks like for you guys as a team yeah um none of those have really popped up and especially with the pandemic and then everyone was super accepting of virtual care um but i also think you guys just have an amazing team and you guys process things really well yeah um and so that transition seemed like it was fairly easy for all of you
1: i've had people um ashley murray i'm giving her a shout out you know a long time ago she was like I'm the why, and Brad, you're the why not, and and that's that's part of my personality. Like, well, well why not? Why wouldn't we do yeah. that? And and I think there's an element of that to our team, uh, Intel Rehab too, where when a lot of people are asking from a, a point of skepticism, well, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a team that's just said, how how can we do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Just from a sense of adventure and and uh, just being curious and figuring it out. Yeah. So that's that's been a fun part of the ride.
2: That's awesome. All right, a little little more lighthearted here. If you had to choose one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Um, Chipotle, uh, white rice, black beans, steak, uh, in a bowl, mm-hmm. pico, corn salsa, sour cream and cheese, a little bit of guac, and that's that's my meal. I would go to that.
2: <laughs> I think I'm right there with you, over and over again. There's never, there's not a better bang for the buck than Chipotle. Yeah, An honest opinion.
1: Oh, I take a bag of chips too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I
2: do it. I do a tortilla on the side when I do a bowl. There you go. See, hack chipotle hack what, oh, what is that face for over there? i
0: don't love chipotle as much as you guys do oh, i've known a few too many know. people i think Crazy. get food poisoning from chipotle that it scared me away a little bit but i
2: think maybe they just couldn't handle the heat and that's really
0: probably true
1: anna you point. just ruined our advertising potential yeah. for chipotle. chipotle. oh that's true
0: i'm sorry we can cut that later um okay what's your most embarrassing moment
1: okay so i grew up in a small town three thousand people uh was on a, a bus trip maybe for like marching band or something in high school play played the tenor saxophone uh shout out to any <laughs> saxophonist um and we stopped at this gas station uh I, you know been to gas stations before but i had to go to the bathroom and i opened the door and it was just kind of awkward uh it was it was big it was an open space but there's a toilet with a man sitting on it and there's a urinal right next to him and i just kind of froze and then so i walked in i shut the door behind me and i locked it <laughs> i locked the door and i went over to the urinal and got done what i need to do this dude next to me is just like hand over his face what is going on wash my hands walk out of the bathroom it wasn't until later that i realized you know that was that's like a single bathroom <laughs> you're not supposed to go in there when someone else is in there i had never experienced that before that's that's my most the locking on the door is probably
2: the most embarrassing part Man dude
1: had to be well
0: the guy didn't lock the door so (laughs) that's true that was his bad
1: (laughs) it was his bad
0: yeah (laughs) okay so here's to hoping that the future team embarrassing stories do not involve the restroom like brad and mine have
2: (laughs) 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 all right brad before your career what was your favorite job that you worked at
1: i worked at the dairy queen in high school and i loved it Man, I I loved when like there was a a concert and it just got crazy insane and you kind of like it felt like the stakes were raised and everyone just had to be on their a game working together. Um, you're manning the drive-through, like talking to someone while you're punching things in or you know, flipping a blizzard upside down out the window, um, while it's like 108 degrees outside. Did you ever forget to flip blizzard upside no, down? No, no, it's free. You I
2: can't forget know, that's yeah. what I'm
0: saying, but yeah. you,
1: I mean, when you were really busy, the ice cream would get kind of soft and you, you knew that you could like flip it for like a millisecond and you had to <laughs> flip it back up. Otherwise it was going to be on the ground. So that's, I have
0: crazy. been to yeah. that small town, your queen, Brad. So that's pretty cool that I didn't realize you'd worked there.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, I worked there several friends. My sister had a couple cousins that worked there. We, I mean, we crushed
2: it. Those were like <laughs> the
1: glory days
2: of Dairy Queen, I'm sure. Well, is there anything that you can apply from your time at Dairy Queen in your life or career today?
1: Um, you know, so the owner of that time, he was an old Marine and he ran a tight ship and, uh, I think like the customer service aspect that you sure. learn in in a place like that when people aren't always gonna be happy. And so how you handle those situations, I think I had that modeled for me really well from uh from him and from others. And I think even just like conversationally, um, some of the managers and the owner, you know, they they knew all the people in town and they were always kind of you know knowing what was going on they'd ask good questions and just spend time with people yeah. go out take coffee to them when <laughs> when the people would come in to uh just shoot the breeze in the afternoons and it was yeah it was fun
2: like managing chaos and managing chaos in a, in a service industry hey,
1: when it gets stressful too like what do you you know how yeah. do you handle stressful situations do you do you kind of stay optimistic and keep pushing on and bring people with you or do you bring people down like because <laughs> we had both of that yeah sure. working there so it was yeah good to be a part of that
2: that's awesome
0: um, okay, next question. How did you meet your wonderful wife, Steph?
1: Um, you know, we probably never should have met. She was in a sorority. Um, she was super involved in a lot of ways. And I was just in a dorm, kind of, you know, getting through my days uh, on the college campus. But we uh, we were both in a, a campus ministry in Lincoln. And we met ultimately through some other friends uh, there. And uh, you know, I asked her to date like three times and she said no uh, a couple times before she finally said yes. <laughs> and, uh, and the rest is history, I suppose.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Rest
0: is history.
2: Rest <laughs> is history. Um, all right. Uh, did you always want to do what you're currently doing?
1: Um, I, I'm an odd, I'm an odd duck in those regards. Um, you know, I think we took some kind of like career uh, interest test in seventh grade and physical therapy was one of those things that came up. So I shadowed the the local physical therapist, and then just from that point on, I was like, "All right, I'm going to be a physical therapist." Right? The only snafu when I went on my college visit, my mom didn't quite know what what it was that I wanted to be, and so she called it an athletic therapist. And they're like, "Oh, athletic training." Had no idea what that was. So I ended up doing athletic training when I was an undergrad, uh, and, and it, <laughs> like you enter the program, there's a hundred plus people and they whittle it down to like 10 to 12 people. Right. Sure. And so I ended up getting into that program, doing athletic training, um, which is really helpful, like working <laughs> in the the sports field. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I had no idea what that was before my mom stumbled over her words and, and, uh, didn't didn't know what physical therapy
0: so are you saying that your mom chose your college major
1: my mom chose my college major for me yeah and she did a great (laughs) job she did a great job so when we went to do the tour they had me set up on the athletic training tour i was like what is this and did it i was like oh sweet i get to work with the athletes that's amazing okay that makes more sense and uh and then stuck with it so
2: i mean that could be an embarrassing moment too. your mom hey it was um, great it was great Love you, mom. <laughs> uh,
0: what kind of advice would you give a new PT or somebody aspiring to be a physical therapist?
1: Oh, man. Ana, I think you said this when we interviewed you as well, but just be be curious. Um, I think you come out of a professional school and a lot of the time you think you, you know a whole heck of a lot, but you can learn so much from the people around you. Um, don't, you know, don't have an ego uh, about yourself. You know, treat people... <laughs> Fairly, even if they they haven't been through a doctoral program like you have been or gone to um, uh, even college yet, there's so much that you can learn from people. Um, And so be curious, uh, respect others and and, uh, just get to know people well because there's so much that you can learn.
2: That's awesome. All right, if you could start your own business tomorrow, what would it be? Oh boy, Um, I would love to do
1: some kind of like... uh, uh, you know, an experience for people like outdoor adventures. Um, but, you know, I'd have to be in Colorado or mm-hmm. Idaho or somewhere else that has like fun things to do you outside. You could like
2: do Missouri River excursions. Uh, yeah, I probably could. You can. know, just I probably, take a yeah, out on the Missouri River. In a canoe in or a something city. like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, camping, camping down the river. Yeah, there um, you go. No, I think that'd be really fun um, just to give, you know, to have the experiences, that, that sense of adventure and then to give other people that opportunity too. Um, I also think there's like a, there's a lack of really good coffee shops in omaha like where you can just go
2: is there is, is that, that serious
1: i'm serious like i i think there's a lot downtown but not as many like sure in the western part of omaha yeah well that's fair and i'm i'm also comparing this to lincoln where i went to college and there's like a lot of great coffee shops in yeah. lincoln
2: but also downtown lincoln
1: well also downtown. well not okay City. okay okay <laughs> Anyway, maybe I would do a coffee shop. Maybe That'd that's another cool. business venture. I, I don't could see
2: know. you owning a coffee shop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe I could see the adventure thing, I think, over a coffee yeah,
2: shop. I would see that more than a right. coffee shop. All right. <laughs> All right. Maybe you could offer um, coffee on your adventure trips. That's oh that's, that's true. World.
0: That's yeah. True. It could be a whole experience.
2: It could be an old pour, pour over. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. Last question, Brad. Um, who has been a mentor to you either in your personal or professional life or both?
1: Um, how many do I get?
0: Mm, let's whittle it down to two for time's sake.
1: Is there, okay. There's, there's not ai I'm going to do more than two, but okay. I'll go, I'll go fast. Um, I've got to say my dad, uh, my dad's just kind of faithful presence, just guy that's always been there. Um, my father-in-law is fantastic. Well-read smart guy. Um, my friend Phil, uh, is amazing. Just like, uh, he little ahead of me in life. And so, um, you know, he's really good friend to me, but I also got to. Kind of see how he lives his life and how he raises kids, stuff like that. And then um, Steve Kirschke, um would be another mentor to me and just helped me grow a ton uh, over the years, professionally uh, and personally within the work realm. So,
2: I could. Know I
0: kind of feel too. like we just heard his Academy Awards. Except I,
2: I know I did. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> that was quick. That was good.
0: We didn't have to play the music.
2: I,
1: I went fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that he was. You only have
2: two, so he, you know, <laughs> it's hard to keep it short for sure.
0: Well, Tim and I obviously uh, knew a lot about Brad coming into this, but there, I think we still learned some stuff about you too, Brad. And hopefully you guys listening learned a little bit more about Brad. I'm the, one of the hosts of our podcast. So thank you, Brad, for taking the time to speak with us today. And we are excited to get to know the rest of the team at a later date. Thanks for joining the conversation today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continue We're also on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us there.